Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but we've got another sponsor to tell you about. Phil Supreme. They're a nationally recognized brand who offer only the very highest quality of natural supplements. Their extensive range includes a range of medicinal mushrooms, nootropics, anti-aging products, gut support products, green powders, vitamins, and much more. Yep, they've worked with fighters from all the top promotions, including UFC, Bellator, Brave and Cage Warriors, with a solid reputation of providing results. So check them out on Instagram, which is at Phil underscore Supreme, or their website, www.philsupreme.co.uk, and make sure you use the code MMAFAN for a cool 15% off your first order. Don't say we don't spoil you. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I am Blake Harrison and joining me as ever is my good friend, me old mucker, the stalk to my cherries? Is that a thing? What? I don't know, mate. Just making stuff up, aren't I? <laughs> I, I, I I'm, I'm imagining it comes with the best of intentions. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. But the word stalk, it's a bit sexy, isn't it? Yeah. So is cherries. In some yeah. ways, yeah. Well, I don't know. I suppose stalking isn't sexy, is it? That's actually that quite was, sinister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the stalker to my... <laughs> oh, we'll stop there. We'll stop oh, there. he's the stalker to my court injunction. Oh, man. Here he is. It's Stu with it. How you doing, mate? Hello. Hello. And welcome to take three of the oh, intro. Uh, take one, I ballsed up. Um, finished it uh, as soon as we finished the interview. And then went to send the audio over to 76 to produce and then realised I hadn't recorded uh, myself for the intro and outro. Um, So we then tried to do take two uh, the following day, which is today. Uh, We started the intro with Blake uh, ribbing me, thinking it was funny that I couldn't (laughs) do it. And then uh, his computer crashed and nothing recorded his end. So uh, one apiece. Yeah, I do still think it's worse that we did the whole thing for you. For me, it was just like a yeah, minute. We, yeah, I understand that that's what you would say that. But third time lucky, eh? Let's stay positive. Third time lucky. So what's going on today, Stu? Uh, we've got a wonderful... Do you want to talk about the mass? I do want to talk about the mass, actually. Yeah, I do. So <laughs> okay, before right. we get on to our, our guest, <laughs> Stu, you're, you're living with a mouse at the moment. Is that correct? Uh, 
mice, I believe. Oh God! Uh, I, I think there's more than there's more than one. Well, there's there's three that that haven't quite um, that don't live here anymore. Um, so I was recording a podcast, and I've got a little speaker in the corner of the the sort of shed studio that I I record in. And as I was sort of chatting away on Zoom, just a little movement kind of just twitched in like my sort of peripheral vision. I was like, "What was that?" And then I looked, and at the little hole in the speaker, this really cute little face just sort of poked his head out and had a look at me. And I was like, "Oh no, I've got a mouse in my speaker." <laughs> so uh, I picked the speaker up, took it outside, then sort of turned it upside down. I didn't shake it or anything, but turned it upside down, thinking, "Right, I'm now going to let you, uh, you know, run free." And and it didn't come out. I shook it just a little bit, and it fell out, and then run between my legs, and then back inside to the shed. So uh, yeah, I had to put some humane traps down, and uh, and so far I've caught three. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm constantly on a sort of mass alert at the moment, and it's quite weird because they're beautiful little cute things, but when they just run across a room when you're not expecting it, it does make me. Scream like Ross Geller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so why are the humane traps? How did it? How does it catch them? Well, it just kind of catches them in like a little box, and then the door shuts, and then yeah, you literally then go and release uh... them you know, over you know far enough away from your house or, or or in the garden of someone you don't like. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say a neighbour's house, maybe. <laughs> just, yeah, that. just to clarify, if any of my neighbours are listening, I've not released any mice into your gardens yet <laughs> right so after our mouse chat we now need to talk about the reason we're here because we've got a lovely yes. interview coming up haven't we mm. Mm. she's she's small but she's by no means a little mouse no no she is one of the youngest fighters to ever be um signed by the ufc she was signed via the dana white contender series i think the first contender series fighter we've had on the show uh she's from wales she uh, was uh, quite successful in Cage Warriors as well prior to this. Uh, and she's hopefully got a fight booked very, very soon. And she talks a little bit about that as well as um, some of the health implications uh, that's been uh, situations that's been going on with her recently, which meant she hasn't actually fought for about a year. Um, so, yeah. Do you want to announce who we've got, or should I do it? Not yet. I've got a few more things I want to say. Oh, say them. Uh, say I them. also want to say that um, if you want to watch the episodes, don't forget that we have a YouTube channel. So all of the episodes that you listen to, you can then, you know, if you want to watch them and you don't want to listen to them, then, then head over to YouTube uh, and give them a watch. We've uploaded, I'd say, probably about 80% of our podcasts. Now, we don't necessarily always put up the sort of pre-shows and the post-shows and stuff like that, but all of the ones with, with you know, the guests that I'm sure, you know, you all want to see, then we make sure that they're up on YouTube. So, yeah, if you just search MMA Fan Podcast on YouTube, you can go and subscribe and then uh, watch all the episodes if that's how you like to do your podcasts. Other than that, just subscribe on all the usual places and then you just keep getting your audio podcasts as you have been. Right, you can now introduce today's guest. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Corey Poppins McKenna. Corey, hey, how's it going? <laughs> good, thanks, good. Um, so thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, I, I wanted to ask initially, because you, you put out uh, an Instagram post recently mentioning that uh, you, you've been out for a year um, 
and you you had some 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 health implications. There was you were getting like regular headaches or something like that. I just wanted to check: Are you okay? Is everything all right now? And um, and do you know what it was that that was happening? Yeah. Uh, so still kind of not hundred percent like you know certain on what it was. Uh, obviously theorized concussion uh, just because of obviously the sport I'm in. Uh, but yeah, I'm a hundred percent now. So. <laughs> You know, it's been a rough year, like it was the ankle and the headaches, but, uh, you know, all good to go. So hoping to get, uh, well, I've signed a fight, so I'll be get back in there next year and uh, looking to have a busy year to make up for it. Excellent. So in, in that kind of year of, of being injured, I'll take it you were still training at some level. Um, so the headache was actually the first time in my life that I have not been able to train like through or around something. Um, I would try to ride the bike and literally like the second my heart rate got above like 110 beats per minute, like I would get a headache. So for me, that was really hard. Like obviously I couldn't lift weights. I couldn't do it. It's like, I actually genuinely had to take, um, like a month or so of just complete not training. Like I was in the gym every day watching and everything, but like it, it was killing me. Like even with my ankle, like you know, a couple of days after surgery, I was back in like lifting up a body or just like you know doing seated exercises. Um, and I've trained every day of the week since I was since I was like ten or eleven. So uh, this was kind of the first really tough injury for me that I've like not been able to do anything around. Um, so I'm definitely glad. I'm definitely glad to be back. You know, this was this was a very uh, it was it was very concerning. Like, so, like it's the first time I've kind of had something that a I didn't really know what was wrong. Uh, B like I couldn't train around it. Like you know, it, it was it was tough. But like you say, like it's all it's all through now, and uh, I'm just happy to be back on the mats every day. Well, yeah, I mean, you say of course that would be incredibly concerning. Was there any point where you were you were really worrying that maybe you know this could be a, a long term thing that you're having to deal with? Uh, I definitely got a little bit dramatic. Uh, like, see, I was talking to my dad about it a lot, and like, there was there was a point. Like, say, like they were like, it was like I think I think it ended up being like three or four months of headaches, like not being able to really train properly. Like, I, I pushed through it for the first month, uh, but it got to the point where like, if I did a session, I'd have to spend the rest of the day in bed. Like, so it was just kind of to the point where like, you know, it's not healthy to take headache tablets before you train and then have to you know have to go hide in your room all day. So I had to stop. And uh, yeah, like after after a couple of months and after going to like the PI and having all the testing and, you know, taking all the supplements, they told me to like do, doing everything that I could. Um, you know, I had all the MRIs, MRAs, and they didn't show up anything, which is a good thing. Obviously, it shows no long term damage. Um, but it definitely got to the point where I was kind of like, OK, is it something that I have to push through? Is it like, you know, is it something that's going to like, you know, kind of put a stop to things? And it definitely got like kind of to the point where I was, you know, starting to worry a little bit. but. Um, you know, I tried to stay positive, like stayed in the gym every day, watching, learning, uh, just finding little things that I could do outside the gym to keep myself busy. And, you know, luck- luckily they cleared up and I was able to get back into it. And, you know, I'm back sparring and everything now uh, with no problems. Uh, so it, it's it's a great relief. Well, it's great to hear that you're much, much better. Sorry, Stuart. It's, it's great to hear that you're much, much better now. And and I know I've I've heard you in interviews before saying that, you know, like, if there's two practices, one after the other, you treat it as, like, one practice. You are someone that constantly works. You 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 hate being told to rest and stuff like that. So that must have been so frustrating for you to have that month of just doing nothing. Yeah, like I say, if, if anything, it was probably good for me. Like I say, it's, it's uh, you know, I've come back now. I've kind of, like, I'm, I'm definitely making it, like, a priority, like, with my recovery and stuff as well. Um, I'm trying to be conscious of not overtraining, not taking too much damage to the head. Like, I'm, I'm definitely, I think... 
it definitely like, opened my eyes a little bit and I'm definitely going to start being like a lot smarter with my training. You know, I've, I've always had that. I've, no one's ever had to like, you know, make me work harder, make me be more stubborn. Like I've always had those traits, uh, but I definitely need to maybe listen to the people around me, like say like maybe doing five or six sessions in a day is not good for me as I've been told ever since, you know, <laughs> growing up. I just said, I'm, like, I'm getting old now, you know, I'm 22. Like I've, <laughs> yeah, ancient now, uh, ancient. Uh, did you find it like? Did you find it testing for your? You know, obviously your physical health was being assessed and was being worked on. But did you find not being able to train for a month? And obviously you was doing the best you can, as you said. You know, you would go to to the gym and watch and and try and learn as much as you can. But you know, how tough was that on your mental health? Not being able to to train daily, which is something that obviously is a fundamental part of your your existence uh yeah it was very frustrating like I, said, I I did definitely like I felt kind of lost um you know I I do I put everything I have everything I am into you know into the sport and into training like, like I said I'm usually in the gym from like 8 30 9 a.m in the morning to like 9 p.m at night so for me it was kind of like I did kind of feel lost and not sure what to do myself luckily I have a lot of like like I say I have a lot of hobbies I have like other stuff I can I can like kind of put my focus on but uh you know it's, it's not the same like you know when you when you spent your whole life doing something and like, it's, you know, it's, it's my job too so it's kind of like it was it was very frustrating and like I say I'm, I'm around it all the time too so kind of like you know I felt like the you know the, the kid that's been benched I was just sat on the side looking sorry for myself like all the time like the amount of times guys would be training they'd look at me and be like geez you're like bringing down the mood and I'm like I'm sorry I want to punch you guys <laughs> <laughs> well you, you talk about being the kid that was benched. I mean, let, let, let's let's talk about Corey the kid. Um, so, if we go back, just you know, tell us a little bit about how you found yourself, you know, in the world of combat sports. Uh, so, I come from a very like active family. You know, like they're, they're very big on like being active, being healthy, and everything. So, it was kind of important to them that I found like a you know I found like a hobby and everything. Uh, I tried every sport growing up. Like literally, like you you name it, I tried it um and I'm just uh I'm what your eye calls naturally ungifted so kind of uh didn't really <laughs> didn't really find anything that uh suited me for a while but um my mum was going to karate with my little I think my little brother was probably like three at the time like they had like a mums and toddlers like karate thing um and I ended up joining her one of the days to give it a go I tried it in the past and I hated it but um I was about I was about 10 and it, it kind of clicked and it was something that like you know I, I was I wasn't terrible at you know my size didn't matter like you know so um it you know I clicked with that I started competing in that regularly and then the gym introduced like jiu-jitsu muay thai boxing so you know I was already at the gym doing like a session or two every night so I just kind of started jumping into those classes um and then it was just one of those things like you know they say you catch the bug but um like it literally was like that you know I, I started competing in jiu-jitsu I started wanting to compete in like boxing and then just eventually like I was training everything competing in everything so it only really made sense to uh you know to give MMA a try so um you know my dad my dad found a local MMA gym I went down there they had uh they had a young lad about my age that was I think it was like 13 at the time uh that was in the adults classes you know he was the same size as me so it worked perfect you know I started jumping in the adults classes there and kind of just never looked back, you know. I had my first amateur fight at fifteen, turned pro at eighteen, and here we are. Was that by any chance? Was that because was that Richard Shaw's gym? No. So uh, my dad was in the military, and he was based in Colchester at the time. So that was BKK fight ah, in Essex. Right. Oh, All right. right. So in my in my hometown of Essex, lovely. Yeah, Stu's Stu's <laughs> down the road. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. Well. We- 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Cage Warriors do regular events in Colchester <clears throat> now. They, they, they do the Essex Cage Warriors stuff in, in Colchester, I'm sure. I'm sure that's right. Yeah, so the Cage Warriors Academy in uh, Essex is actually run by uh, my manager and my my old head coach, uh, Jack Mason from BKK. So that, it's a great show if ever you're around and you want to go watch some MMA. Like the, they've, like the amateur talent on that card is like a very high level. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. I mean, well, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you is, is it true that your your mum used to be a fighter and you actually have fought on the same card. Yes, so we made our amateur debuts on the same card and I believe her pro debut and my last amateur fight was on the same card too. How was that? <laughs> like, were you in any way like in the same dressing rooms or like did one of you corner the other one? Like, How did that work? Uh, so I cornered my mum for pretty much all of her fights, except for one, because I was fighting on the same night in, um, I think it was Preston. Uh, so I was like a few hours away. Uh, so she's like backstage. She watched my fight on her phone and then went out and fought herself. Um, but yeah, I cornered my mum for all of her fights. Uh, you know, she had her second fight on Cage Warriors. I cornered that and everything. So, uh, yeah, I was, I, was, uh, I was in her corner for most of the fights, which I think, if anything, helped, um, you know, like... There, there was one fight that she didn't have me in her corner for, and I was sat in the, I was sat in you know in the seats, and that was, that one was definitely a lot tougher. I think I think being in the corner helps because like I don't feel like I feel like I'm in control a little bit. You know, I can help. I'm not just sat yeah. there watching my mum in a fight. Like it's a bit more. No, I feel like I can approach it a bit more. The business head, like I'm in the corner, I'm helping, I'm there. Like you know, she's she's a fighter. She's not my mum. But like the one fight that I watched in the in the crowds was definitely a lot harder. So uh, yeah, but yeah, I cornered her for most of her fights. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, you, I have heard from a lot of people who's either siblings or, or usually uh, 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 sons or daughters, less so parents, but, but, but whenever they're like um, watching them fight, it's, it's more nerve wracking when they themselves have a fight. Do you, is that the same with you? Like, are you more nervous if you were cornering your, your mum or something like that rather than your fight yourself? Oh, definitely. I always say it like it, with anyone, they're not even just my mom, like with my teammates, like if it's if it's someone that I care about, like, like yeah, I care about my teammates, they're all like my closest friends and everything. And then obviously my mom's my mother. Um, like, 
I always get so nervous. Uh, like I cornered one of our guys, like one of my good friends uh, a few weeks ago and we we're literally about to walk out and I turn around to my boxing coach and I was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, but like I never get nervous for my fights. Like I'm super excited. And I think, I think it's like the control thing. Like you said, like when I'm in there, like, like it's kind of like anything that happens is like, it's on me. So like, I feel a little bit more in control, but like when I'm watching my friends fight, it's kind of like, you know, if stuff does go wrong or anything, like I can't help them. So I kind of like, I, feel, I think I feel like a little bit more nervous for them for like, in that regard, like, you know, I, I kind of like, like with my fights, I'm just kind of like, oh, well, I'm prepared and I've done everything or like, you know, if, if it goes wrong, it's on me. So I, I kind of don't get nervous for it. But like, say, if I'm, if I'm not in control, like I definitely get nervous for my friends and the people I care about. Wonderful. So where, where are you today? Are you in the UK? Are you in the States? Uh, so I, um, I currently live in uh, Sacramento, California. And so obviously that was, I, I imagine, because of the move to Team Alpha Male? Uh, so I've been going to Team Alpha Male since I was 16. Um, so I've always kind of had it in my mind that I would like to eventually, like, you know, uh, move out here and make this my home base. Um, the contenders opportunity was what kind of opened that door for me. Um, I was working on my visa. And then uh, because of the because of the, the COVID restrictions and stuff, I kind of got them like, uh, you know, I, I got like a, a pass on the COVID um, on the COVID restrictions because of the contenders. Um, you know, they gave me like a what you call it they, they let me through uh so when I come out here um you know it was, it was kind of a case of if I go home I might get stuck home but I have a three-year visa now so I might as well come out here and stay so I've just you know I came out here in August 2020 and I've just been here since How have you found that sorry how have you found it Oh, it's great. Like, see, I, I already, I've been coming out here for years and everything. So I already had like a good base set up here. Like I had a good relationship with the coaches and the teammates and everything. So for me, the transition wasn't, wasn't too different. Um, you know, I've, I've always kind of traveled a lot and even, even back home, like I was traveling a lot between gyms. I kind of wasn't like, I never really like settled down anywhere. So it's kind of nice for me to like have somewhere where like everything's under one roof, you know, <laughs> you know, like I'm not, uh, I'm not like, traveling to like three or four different gyms every day i'm not driving for three four hours like you know the, the gym takes me six minutes to get to it's like right down the road and you know i can just be there all day train all day i've got all my coaches all my teammates everything i kind of need under one roof um so it's it's kind of nice for me like it's it's kind of more of a lifestyle out here i feel like like you know i, I can kind of like live the fighting lifestyle um so it's definitely it's it's been a it's been a positive move for me like i'm really enjoying it and is there anything did... you're? Oh, is there anything you're missing about home? I mean, my family, of course, but uh, it, it's it's difficult to say. Like, see, like I because this has always been something like this has always been a goal of mine, and I've always felt like this is the place I need to be to kind of take my career to that next step. Um, it's kind of like hard to miss it. Like, I don't. Yeah, I always feel like I sound bad when I say I don't miss home, but I like, you know, I talk to my family every day and like, this has always been a big goal of mine. So I don't want to like waste that by wishing I was somewhere when, you know, I was always wishing to be here, you know, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you know, you're, you're, you're living out your dream. So of course, and no one's going to begrudge you that, you know, you're, you're doing your absolute best to, to live out your dreams. I wondered if anyone was sending you like a care package of like Ribena and Cadbury's chocolate <laughs> or any, things that you can't get in the States. <laughs> I I definitely have a list of stuff that I'm going to I'm going to take an empty case home and I'm just going to come back with like so much British stuff like like yeah. what gone what what's what are the things that you oh, miss the most I mean you've already said Cadbury's chocolate I'm not a big Ribena fan I'll be honest though I didn't realize that they don't have black currant stuff out here I discovered that like a few weeks ago that like Americans just don't know what black currants are and that blew my mind 
Um, <laughs> my head. They don't really have like any good like instant coffee or anything out here. Like they're all coffee snobs. Um, really trying to think. I had, I did have a list. Like I genuinely had a list. I, I want to go home just to have a Nando's. To be honest. Yes, <laughs> Nando's. <laughs> Great stuff. Is there, is there, there's a friendly Welsh voice though. Mason Jones is at Team Alpha Mal, isn't he? Yeah, he's not like permanently here, but he comes mm. he comes and goes. Uh, he was out here for a few months for his last fights. Um, yeah. You know, he's he's back and forth a lot. And, and so I, I, I take it that the the, the the level of sparring and 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 the, I guess just the level in general of, of coaches and, and stuff like that is going to be far higher than than what you're going to get in in the UK at the moment at Team Alpha Male. Is that a sort of fair assumption? Obviously, there's there's huge gyms in the UK that are evolving, you know, constantly. But do you feel that Team Alpha Male is offering something that at the time you couldn't get in the UK? So I've always said that from like a coaching standpoint and like a technical standpoint, I really don't think the UK gyms, especially the ones that I've gone to, you know, I've gone to like some of the best gyms or pretty much, I think I've been to pretty much every gym in the UK. Um, Like from a technical and a coaching standpoint, I really don't think they're far behind. Um, And I definitely think that, you know, there's, there's places where, you know, gyms in the UK like Excel and could probably use it out here like there's definitely there's pros and cons with everything uh in regards to that the main thing for me was the training partners and the bodies like one of the main reasons I was having to travel so much was to find people to work with you know whereas like at the moment I have you know two ranked UFC fighters in my weight class on the mats with me every day um you know I have like team alpha males renowned for being rather small in stature so <laughs> I have a lot of tiny men to work with you know so for me it's it's more that side of things like I have a lot of high level bodies like to work with as well as like elite coaches you know I work I work with like the best coaches you know around at this gym um you know I have Joey Rodriguez for my striking Danny Castillo for my grappling like Chris Holdsworth teaches the jiu-jitsu I've got Faber giving me privates and stuff and work with me in class like so like I have like the highest level of coaching, but I also have like say all the training partners too. So for me, it's um like say it's it's more having everything like together in one team and and easily accessible to me. I don't have to like search out people to work with. I don't have to travel to work with them. Like I have the top girls available to me like all the time. Was that one of your biggest things? Because I mean, we spoke to 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 uh, JoJo Wood now, uh, formerly JoJo Calderwood, uh, uh, a while back, and she was saying that she felt like as a, as a female mixed martial artist, the, the, one of the biggest obstacles for her to overcome was the lack of female training parts. She said she was constantly training with men and that's what prompted her move to, to syndicate MMA over, over in Vegas. Um, is there anything, or maybe it's that, but is there anything that you felt uh, in, your, in your young career as, as a female mixed martial artist that those kind of extra obstacles or extra hurdles that um we as male fans may not realize is is a problem for female athletes um so i don't like i don't have a huge issue with the like the whole having to train with females all the time like i like training with men a lot of the times because when i do come up against females like it just feels like so much easier but i do definitely need those female looks regularly just because like i say like we move different we flow different like girls bend weird like you know there's there's stuff that girls do that like guys physically cannot do and like they can't looks that they can't give you um and also like basically even little things like like i'm really short like i think coming up like i never up up until i think it was like my third profile was like the first time i fought someone like my height and like it's very rare that i find someone to train with that's like my height you know i round up to five three and 
I have like tiny little T-Rex arms. So for me, it's good to have like, <laughs> so for me, it's good to have like women like my size to kind of like, like say like even little things like, like not, not just how they move, like getting used to the reach, the height, like, you know, not throwing my kicks too high. Like it, it definitely, it's definitely a look that I need regularly just to kind of like check where I'm at. And it's also good to have that, those tests. Like, you know, I always, I always used to say with, cause I've always been kind of like studious and I, I've like, like, you know, I'm kind of like by the book a little bit. I always used to say like my training is like, like it is literally like training, it's lessons. I build, and then like my fights were like my tests. You know, like like when we were at school, like you you know you you study, you study, and then you have like a test at the end of at the end of a few like the term. Uh, that would that would be like my fighting. Um, but I've started to realize that like having girls and then test myself against regularly also is good for me to see kind of like my improvements and stuff because there is no way to measure it in. MMA like you know it's not like lifting weights like I can't see the numbers go up like so sometimes it can be hard to see your progress so for me having women to not compete against you know like we're training partners and you know there's no winning and losing everything but it is good to be able to say oh like you know like say at the moment I have uh Verna Jandarova on the mats like she's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt like world champion you know she's ranked in the strawweight division she's she's really good you know and like for, for me to like be able to go against her and be like okay, so she did this, but like next week, I'm not going to let her do that. You know, it's, it's like little ways to monitor my progress. So I think that for me is, is definitely a huge one with training with the women. Um, but like, I love training with the guys too. Like, you know, some of my main training partners are, are, are dudes. Um, and it only like, say it only makes it easier when I do go against these women. And what about outside of training, like outside of, of combat sports? What do you like to do? There's a world outside the gym. Uh, no I like to I like to paint like read I'm kind of like you know I'm not like I'm not the most social person you know I'm in the gym all day like socializing around people so I kind of just like to come back chill um like I said I've been doing a lot of painting and stuff I've got like a little art page set up um and then just kind of like reading and stuff just I'm not I'm not like see I don't like going out doing stuff like I like hiking and everything but I kind of like just being alone and chilling by myself because I'm in the gym all day anyway lovely and where did the where did the nickname Poppins come from? Because you were the Hobbit for a short period of time, and then it was Poppins. Uh, Poppins was Uriah, so he hated the Hobbit, like, and he was <laughs> why? Uh, I guess they just didn't understand it because obviously they're all like Hobbits too, so didn't fun <laughs> for them. Um, and but, they've but, probably got hairier feet as well, which makes them more <laughs> Hobbit-like. So yeah. I think they were like offended or something. I don't know. They're American. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so Faber was like petitioning to change it to Poppins because British, well, like he always just says, like, he's like, oh, you're really well-spoken and articulate and proper. And he's like, you know, I babysit the kids all the time. And then he also found it funny because he started saying that I was like popping girls in the face and popping their joints. And he just kind of like ran with it for ages. And then he ended up like doing like a, like an Instagram poll and everything. And like, he was really petitioning to get this changed. <laughs> um so when he got me the contenders fight i was like okay as a thank you i was like i'll change my fight name for you so it was kind of like a bit of homage to Faber and like a thank you but you know it's a, it is a little bit more marketable and i have kind of managed to run with it a little bit so i like it oh it's was- great i I love the idea of you being like uh, in charge of the crash at <laughs> team alpha male just in charge of all the kids there uh literally like everyone's always giving me stick for it like like my friend literally texted me the other day and was like you're always with either a dog or a toddler. And I was like, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We always like to ask fighters, uh, Corey, about 
the, the the kind of process before they make that walk to the octagon, just that kind of the moments in the room before you walk out. And then we like to ask also about that walk out and what's going on in your mind. What's your, have you, is there a specific routine that you have in that room before you make that walk? And and if you're happy to to talk about it, you know, what is that? Um, so I used to be like your stereotypical, like young thinking I could do anything kid so I, I wouldn't like usually I wouldn't really warm up much I could do is just do a little bit of shadow boxing like before a jiu-jitsu match I'd like roll my shoulders and just jump on the mats but uh what I do now like I'll run like I'll just run a team warm-up so like what we would do on the mats in practice like I'll just do that backstage you know I'll do the jogging I'll do the line drills like I'll do everything that I would do on my day-to-day like warm-up you know before sparring everything like, I will do that because at the end of the day, like when I go out there, I want to treat it like a spa day. I don't want to get, I don't want to get nervous. I don't want to get like, I don't want to be putting too much pressure on myself. Like, you know, every fight I have is the biggest fight of my career so far. So I don't want to be going out there like, oh, this is huge. Like, I like to try to treat it like a spa day. So, like, say I'll go in there, I'll do my warm up, I'll do like my shadow boxing, I'll move around the floor with my coaches, but like, I'll just treat it like I'm going to go out and do some sparring. So that way I don't get like, like, say I'm not getting nervous, I'm not building up to this huge thing. Um, and that's pretty much it. Like I say, I just, I just like try to keep it kind of like, oh, this is, this is an everyday thing. Like, you know, I just do my usual, my usual warm up and just kind of treat it like, treat it like another day in the gym. Well, uh, you, you mentioned like, um, well, one of the things I wanted to ask you as well was that you, you, in your pro debut, you, you seem to get frustrated with yourself uh, after your opponent went back to the stall at the end of round one, but then they didn't come out for round two. Uh, this is your pro debut. And your opponent, who had had about four fights, I think, by that stage, and you were on your pro debut, they were like, I'm not coming back out to face this woman again. This is, I've, I've had enough. And you seem frustrated. You seem like, oh, like, like as if, like, you, you're disappointed that she got to the stall to begin with. I'm like, are you always quite hard on yourself? Or was that just like a one-off thing? Or are you always quite, like, kind of hard on yourself and expecting a lot of yourself? Because... That sounds like quite a good result to me to, for someone to go up. I don't want to come back out for round two. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was having fun and I felt like she stole my win because she because she quit. So I was a little bit more frustrated with her. But no, definitely. I'm, you know, I'm my harshest critic. Like it's 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 been a thing my whole career. And, you know, I, I think it's a good thing. Like, say, like, like there's nothing worse than coming out for a fight and thinking, you know, you're already like the best thing since sliced bread you know like it's a running joke with my coach uh from back home like my manager right now jack mason like you know i'd i'd come in i'd have a fight on saturday and then i'd come in on monday with a notebook with a list of things that i did wrong and i need to improve on like i'd walk in the gym he'd go oh the notebook so you know it, it's <laughs> definitely i am definitely my harshest critic and i'm definitely quick to kind of like try to make those improvements and because in the i want to be the best in the world you know so i don't and I know that I'm never going to be the finished product. Like, there's always improvements to make. So, um, yeah, pretty much every every fight. Like, I never come out and I'm like, that was great. You know, I come out and I'm like, right, I should have done this, this, and this. Like, even even my last fight, you know, I tore my ankle in, like, the start of the third round. I come out, got my ankle seen, too. We went back to the hotel room, meet Uriah. Like, Danny and Jack sat down and watched the fight. Like, um, so, you know, pretty, pretty quick to assess and, and judge my performances. And I'm the same, I'm the same in sparring and training. You know, I, I definitely expect the best from myself all the time. Do you, do you take a lot of these things in your stride as well? I mean, you know, you said from the age of 16, you was going to team alpha male and, you know, for most people to sort of walk into a gym like that and see people like Uriah Faber and, and, and all the other legends that have, that have come from that gym. And then to, you know, to, to find yourself then 
in the contender series and then to find yourself fighting in the UFC. Are these things like, as you, you touched upon earlier, that's not that normal for most people. These are huge things that you're doing here at such a young age as well. Like, do you feel like, do you ever suffer from imposter syndrome? Is that something that ever kind of finds its way into your kind of mindset? Or do you just take everything in your stride? I don't know what imposter syndrome is. <laughs> no, imposter syndrome, it's a new thing, really, that people are talking about, which is that whole th- kind of thing of like of, of self-doubt, effectively, and, uh, and thinking like, you know, it, like in your situation, you've achieved so much in such a short period of time, but it would be thinking... Oh, am I not worthy of this? I know that I, I, as an actor, can 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 get it. Where I'll be like, oh, I know I've achieved a certain amount, which which is great. But then I'll wake up some mornings and just think, oh, I'm 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 actually quite shit, and uh, and and I've probably just pulled the wool over people's eyes, and it's it, it's probably not going to carry on going well for me. It'll probably all come to an end very soon. And then there's other mornings you wake up and think, oh no, I can do what Gary Oldman does. That's great. I can, <laughs> I can, I can, I can smash it. But that's that's that thing. Some people they just have those mornings you wake up and you just think they're they're not convinced that they are good enough or that they've earned where they need to be. Do you ever get that, or as Stu says, are you just taking it all in your stride? Um, like I said, I've been kind of around this for so long, so where like I know that there's highs and lows with this sport. I know kind of like everything that comes in. Like there's definitely been like you know like I'll have a rough spa day and then I'll be like pull yourself together. Like you're in the UFC, you need to do better than this. But like I never kind of like you know I know the work I've put in. Like it kind of makes me confident. Like, I'm not like I'm not like arrogant or anything, but like I'm also confident in the fact that like you say I've been doing you know three, four, five sessions a day ever since I was you know. 12 so for me it's like I know I've put the work in like I know I know what I want to achieve and I also know that I'm like like say I said earlier like I'm never going to be the finished article like I know there's always improvements to make so I try not to like I don't like as much as I'll assess and be like I need to improve this this and this like I don't beat myself up over it I kind of like say I take like more of a like a logical studious kind of approach to it I'm like okay like as long as I know what needs to be improved and worked on like I know I can do it um whereas like I think if I was sat there and I was just kind of like frustrated and I didn't know didn't know what to work on and everything like it would be a different story but I think because I'm able to kind of self-criticize and kind of like I have the best people around me and everything like as much as sometimes I might feel like I'm not performing to a standard that I want to be performing at like I also know that I can get there because and like I'm quite I'm one of those people that say like if if something's not going your way like you work on it and you you just do better so like I don't ever sit there and I'm like oh this isn't going my way like I'm not good enough like I'm like, no, I need to work harder. I need to be better. Like, I'm kind of, I take a different kind of mental mental approach to it, I suppose. Yeah. But no, I don't really well, have to like, sit there and. Yeah, that's, that's, a, great... that's a very healthy way to, to, to approach it. <laughs> we are going to say the same thing. We keep talking over each other, Stu. Also, you keep using the phrase spa day, and my idea of a spa day and your <laughs> idea of a spa day are very different. Very, very different. <laughs> I, d- I did think that. I was saying it, and I was like, I hope they know I mean sparring. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think everyone knows. It's just, but as I say, I do keep flicking to like, oh, I'd love a spa day right now. Again, very different spa day to what you're after. Um, but one of the other things that happened in your last Cage Warriors fight, I think, is you suggested Graham Boyle and dust off the straw weight belt and you fight for the belt. And that unfortunately didn't happen. But what did happen was you got your contender series uh, uh, fight. And I was going to say to you, do you ever look back and go, oh, it's a shame. I didn't fight for a cage warriors belt. Or do you think, well, I was fighting for my UFC contract instead. And the stakes for that are are pretty high as well. So did it really, does it really bother you at all looking back on that? So for me, I've never really prioritized like 
medals and belts and stuff like that. Like, you know, I was one of those kids that I'd go to jiu-jitsu comp, you know, I, even if I won, like, you know, golds, like, straight away, they were off, they were in my bag, like, I was on to the next thing. Because uh, at the end of the day, like, I have, in my head, like, I have bigger goals to achieve. So, like, definitely, like, say, like, the contender shot was a higher step on the, like, on the ladder to my, like, my big goal, my big dream. You know, at the end of the day, like, my goal is to be the best in the world. Like, however I get there, whatever I get along the way, it doesn't really matter so long as I get there. Um, and that's what I always say, like, like whichever route I choose, like, you know, wherever I go contenders, wherever I got signed straight away, wherever I got the belt, like all of that is just like steps like in the, in the journey. So to me, like the belt wasn't necessarily like a huge thing. It was just like, you know, for like marketability for like, you know, for an accolade on like, on almost like the fight CV, like it, it would have looked good, but like, because it wasn't necessary, you know, it wasn't like something that I personally wanted. It was more just from like a business standpoint and like a career step. So for me, it wasn't like a huge deal that I didn't get the opportunity to fight for the belt. Um, you know, it would have been nice, but luckily it wasn't something that I needed. Okay. And, and uh, just, just want to ask you, so just to get your kind of thoughts on it, really, Corey, that, you know, for, for somebody that's still so young, but has been involved in women's MMA for so long, like, talk about how you've seen women's MMA in the UK as well, like, really, really evolve over the last sort of five, six, seven, eight years. Like, what sort of significant evolutions and changes and, and exciting things have you seen from, uh, the, you know, the UK MMA scene for women? Yeah, like, the, like say in, in terms of, like, generalised, like, women's MMA, like, there's just the standard has gone up. Like, you watch, if I watch, like, old school women's, like, even, like, the UFC fights, like, up until I always used to say up until like you know the top five and top ten like I really didn't rate any of the women um like just my honest opinion like I didn't think the standard was there in comparison to like the men because obviously it was a small talent pool um but now if you watch it I really think that a lot of the fights are on par if not like a higher technical level than most of the men's fights you watch and there's a lot of women outside of the rankings now that are you know they're absolute savages like like it's you know they're they're really high level you know you have high level practitioners in all in all disciplines you have people that are putting it together very well and I just feel like the standard in general has just really risen um in terms of UK MMA like even on like because I've been going to a lot of like the local shows to support our guys and like one thing I was discussing with someone yesterday is like the like in the UK like even the amateur standard is like so high like in comparison to like without sound bad like I've gone to a few of the amateur shows out here and like you know, it just looks like a like a bar fight. You know, they're swinging from the hip. Like it's it's just not nice to watch. Like from a sport, you know, from a sports perspective. Like I I love this as a sport. Like I'm not one of those people that like I don't like watching people just slug it out with no technique and everything. Like that's just not something that I enjoy watching. But like like from like the UK amateur scene, like a lot of their fights now look like low level pro fights. You know, like I feel like the standard is so high. Um, and it goes back to what I was saying about the Cage Warriors Academy in in you know Southeast the jacks running um like all of the amateur fights like you know they, they they all train professionally they all diet professionally like you when you go in there you can see the professionalism of the fighters um and i feel like that's kind of a testament and it, it carries over like say both women and male but um there's a lot of a lot of women coming through especially on that show he has a lot of women coming through um so it's kind of, it's kind of fun to watch like say like even like the low level the low level women are performing at such a high level, if that makes sense. So you know that there's going to be a fresh new wave of of talent coming through that's going to be, you know, great to watch. Um, and again, like the talent pool's just there's so many more women getting into it now. I feel like it's been normalized a lot more. Like, you know, say like used to have to travel to find these women because they would literally be like, you know, one or two scattered around here and there. And now you have these, you know, you have these super gyms with, you know, 
like multiple like whole teams of women um and that that was kind of unheard of like a few years ago so it's definitely growing and it's it's you know it's, it's great to watch and be a part of one other thing I've noticed with your fights, Corey, is that at the end of rounds, you raise your hands uh, a lot of the time. And I was like, is that because you feel like that's influencing judging you in a certain way? Or is that just kind of like a habit you've got into? Why Why is that? Um. So, like I said, I'm not really sure stuff like that actually influences the judges in the day they're looking at what goes on in the round. Um, but, you know, everyone always says that stuff like that does, you know, it puts that image in their mind especially if the round was close um for me it's a case of like i like to feel like i've won at the end of the round i like to go into the next round positive um i actually hate it when rounds finish um especially after that losing my, my you know that pro that profile that i lost um you know I, it was a controversial decision and like literally every fight after that like if i got to the second round i'm like i need to finish this like i hate even the thought of it going to the judges um so for me like around finishing is kind of frustrating to me but i like to feel like they like, say like if i feel like i've won or i feel like it's close like i like to kind of be like no that was my round like i like to kind of like like you say it, it does make me feel a bit more positive uh it's definitely a habit that they try to build like at the end of practice they have us raise our hands and stuff i don't really i'm always the one that doesn't really like to do it in the practice room because i feel like it, that's not where i get my wins like i feel like i have to earn it so when i'm in a fight like i'm kind of like oh i've earned this like i, I get to put my hands up i'm winning like i'm you know it's kind of like one of those things it's like a bit like definitely a bit mental i suppose yeah uh cory how much can you announce about uh what's coming up are you are you, are you got to be quite tight-lipped about this or, or or can you can we get any kind of news as to your next fight who it's going to be or where it's going to be i actually don't know because they haven't announced anything but i've signed the contract um and i'm not always the best at reading contracts all the way through so <laughs> i don't know what i'm allowed to say but i can say that it's at the start of next year um you know uh i don't i don't really know what i'm allowed to say pay-per-view or a fight night i think it's a fight night but i think it's definitely outside of caution uh yeah well, we don't want to get you in trouble we do want to know but we don't want to hey, get you I'll in give, trouble i'll give you a hint I'll give you a hint. I might be getting my Nando's. Oh, that's great news. <laughs> we will tell no one. Guys, whoever's listening to this, tell no one. But Corey might be getting her Nando's. <laughs> I mean, I guess one of the places that uh, this fight, you know, you're, you're, when it when you're allowed to talk about it will be social media. And so with that, that in mind, um, tell us about, you know, we, we like to ask fighters about the world that we live in now is obviously, you know, how you perform in the octagon is paramount. However, you know, there's so many fighters now that are creating huge profiles for themselves with the way that they sort of promote themselves, how they trash talk. And, and so much of this is done on social media. The way that you sort of described your sort of meticulous uh, breakdown of, you know, post fights and things like that, it always sounds like everything is very, very well thought out and structured. I just wondered how you approach social media. Is, is that something that, because that's something that once you put it out there, that control's gone because you're, you're then open to the trolls and you're open to everything else. I just wonder how you deal with, with social media and if you feel that it's something that you need to, you know, you need to, uh, you know, have that kind of presence online as well for that side of the sort of the marketing and the and the social media profile. I know I've made that quite a long-winded question there, Corey, but do, do you get where I'm going with it? I've fallen asleep, Corey. I don't know about you, but I am asleep right now. Though. 
Uh, like you say, like social media these days is, is it's essential. Like at the end of the day, if you don't have a social media presence, you don't have you don't have that following, you don't have that backing. So it's definitely something that I've you know I've needed from a business perspective. Like I could I could live without it, but um, you know from like a sponsorship front, from like like you know you like especially when you get to stuff like I have people that support me and I do appreciate that, which means I do want to obviously like you know allow them to follow along, give them a way to support me and stuff. Um, so for me, it's just a case of like I just try to be myself. Um, you know, like at the end of the day, like, I don't want to be one of these people that's like, you know, just putting on an image and a facade and like being someone I'm not. So like, for me, it's just a case of like, I post what I feel. I say what I say, what I want. Um, you know, every post I put up, I try to express like gratitude to my training partners and like my sponsors and everything. And it's just a case of like allowing people kind of like a little insight into, you know, the person that the person that they are seeing fighting skin today, like, you know, it's, it's easy to see these people on the screen, but obviously a lot of people do want to relate to people on a further level and, you know, see that they are people outside of outside of the, the fights in the cage. So for me, like, I definitely think it's important from, like you say, like from a support standpoint. Um, and like I say, I just try to be my, my genuine self. Like, you know, there's no there's no marketing ploy. There's no, you know, there's no hidden agenda. Like, I'm just trying to give people a way to kind of like see what I'm doing and who I am. Wonderful. Wonderful. Corey. Thanks so much for your time. We've we've really appreciated it today. Um, I just want to say as well. I mean, you you seem like someone that's so um, just driven to to be the best you can possibly be, and that's a fantastic mindset to have. And you have to have that mindset to achieve what you want to achieve. But you know, th- there's no no problem with smelling the roses. You you've you've achieved a lot in a very short period of time, and this mentality of getting that gold medal and just putting it in the bag. I completely understand it, but I I want you to know, and I'd like you to take with you this idea of, you know, you can also congratulate yourself a little bit. And I hope you, you do that and you do that going forward because you don't want to look back and go, I achieved so much and I never (laughs) congratulated myself. You know, you got to smell the roses as well. No, thank you. I have, I've definitely started like, say like, I I look for the small wins and the positives now. Like, you know, I'm not, I don't beat myself up. That's what I was saying. Like as much as I can be like critical, I don't beat myself up over stuff. Like you say, like, you know, I had boxing sparring yesterday and like, I was talking to my coach and I was like, Hey, I messed up on this, this and this. I was like, but I landed this that we were working on. And that to me was, that was like my goal. Like I try to set little goals each, you know, each day, each each week to just kind of like try to smash in training. And that way I get my little wins as well as getting my improvements and my criticisms. So I'm not, I'm not beating myself up all the time. Don't worry. Brilliant. Well, good to hear it. Absolutely. Thank Thanks loads, Corey. And, and hopefully um, after your next win, uh, we'll, uh, we'll come and find you and buy you a Nando's. Hey, I'm down. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. Corey McKenna. Thanks Thank so, so much. much. Thank you. There you go. Corey McKenna, formerly the Hobbit. Now Poppins. Loving Poppins. I love Poppins. I really love the idea of her having like a crash that she's in charge of. <laughs> and maybe, you know, if the UFC did like some some more uh, personalised walkouts, like what Bellator do or Cage Warriors or, or how the UFC used to do it before the whole mm. uniforms and stuff like that, I'd love to see her in like full Mary Poppins regalia coming down on a wire holding an umbrella into the cage before kicking someone's ass. I think that'd be that'd be good. I'd like to see her come out with one of them sort of double buggies with like Faber's kids in and just before she gets into the octagon just kind of sort of reverses it into the crowd you know to Uriah and then she gets in the octagon yeah. something like that uh, yeah I love that just kind of uh, babysitting for Faber and stuff like that so cool yeah uh, what, a, what a weird little kind of look behind the curtain of what you know what actually happens at Team Alpha Mal yeah you know yep I'll train you but you got you got to babysit 
Yeah, yeah training for babysitting. Yeah, she said she's not paying him, so uh, I think it's just all done in babysitting hours. Um, also, you know, I liked The Hobbit. I don't think there's anything wrong with The Hobbit, but they weren't they weren't fans of The Hobbit. They were they were a bit sensitive about about someone in their gym being called The Hobbit. Surely the people at Team Alpha Male can't be that precious about being short. I mean, you know, there's there's a fair few short fighters there, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't call them a hobbit to their face. I'm, I'm not calling them a hobbit. Oh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying. Compared I'm to them, you'd, to be, you'd be like a fucking ent, wouldn't you? To anyone that doesn't know that the ents are the trees, like the huge tree people that carry the hobbits round in on like their, the little bit of their shoulder. Uh, that's what you'd be if you walked into Team Alpha Male. You'd be like a fucking ent. <laughs> I don't think it'd be very long before someone in Team Alpha Male entered me quite quickly. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'd go in there sort of trying to be uh, uh, projecting my uh, my height because, uh, yeah, I don't want to be the wrong end of... Uh... <laughs> I've got a great image of you just walking into Sacramento, California, down into Team Alpha Male and be like, I have been asleep for 500 years and now you have awoken me, tiny hobbits. <laughs> All right, everyone. Yeah, yeah, cool. When's the kids' class finish? Oh, this ain't the kids' class. Oh, fuck. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. This has got really geeky as well. This is oh, got full no. Lord of the Rings oh. geeky now. <laughs> but no, what we should do is just talk about Corey because she was a fantastic guest. I mean, such a great head on her shoulders for someone of, of, of such a young age to be so together so on it and to have achieved so much as well she's already in the UFC achieving her goals as I wanted to say to her you know make sure you are kind of smelling the roses because alright you, you don't want to lose that drive and that thing that keeps you progressing and doing more that thing where she's bringing in the notebook and going I want to address this this and this that's, that's what's going to make her thrive and succeed and, and, and that's a fantastic thing you don't want to lose that but there's also nothing wrong with just the occasional just looking around you and going no, I have done really well. I'll pat myself on the back and then I'll get back to work. But enjoying those moments, which it sounds like at the end of the interview, you know, she's, she's doing, she's teaching herself how to do that and see the positives in things. That's, that's great. Super, super mature head on her shoulders. And like, yeah, just the fact that, you know, what's your downtime? You know, I like to have a hike and I like to paint. Like, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Like, just seems super measured. And yeah, very, very focused. Not... You know, and, and as when we asked her about, you know, what goes through your head, she just seems like, well, got my fight plan, you know, I know what I've got to do. And it all just seems very, very... Why are you smirking? <laughs> just, Why are you smirking? I just went back to you being an ent. That's <laughs> 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 so ridiculous. <laughs> oh, dear, I'm going to have to Google ents. Like, I bet you love Lord of the Rings, I you? fucking love Lord oh, of the Rings. I knew you. Oh, well, you, you laughed when I said Ent. You laughed. I was like, "Oh, he knows what it is," but you clearly have no. No, idea. I just presumed an Ent was going to be. It was going to be something giant, wasn't yeah. it? And like, and freakish. <laughs> but fucking tree. It's Amazing. a fucking tree. Um, <laughs> no, I love it. I love Lord of the Rings. It's great. Me and my brother used to do this thing around Christmas time where we would watch all the extended editions in one day. It's about twelve hours wow. worth of Lord of the Rings goodness. There's a fucking party at the Harrisons. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> Bring your snacks. We got the DVDs. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
Well, look, people, um, thanks ever so much for listening. Um, we really appreciate that. Um, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, then go and explore the back catalogue because there's, I think, nearly sort of 65 episodes now and you can hear us talking to all manner of fighters. I'll rattle off a few and then I'll, I'll bat it over to you, Blake. But Derek Brunson, Tyron Woodley, Dan Hardy, um, Mark Goddard, Paddy the Baddy, Pimlet, he's been on twice. Molly McCann's been on twice. Who else we had on, Blake? Gandalf Gimli Gollum thanks ever so much for listening people (laughs) subscribe see ya bye